Good morning, afternoon, and evening, and welcome to the 8311Cast, your premier Midwestern-based sports podcast, bringing you all things sports to your beautiful ears. Join your hosts, Kyle Mersch, Mike Ludwig, and Wyatt Teeter as we talk to you about college basketball, the NFL, and of course, our signature segments, Mike's Stupid Rules and Write That Down Predictions, here on episode 158. Sometimes the most interesting information you can find comes from Twitter. This question, posed by Derek Thompson, reads... What's one of the most incredible statistical outlier accomplishments in U.S. major sports history? And Alec Lewis, a beat writer for the Royals, responded with, Greg Maddox faced 20,421 batters. Only 133 of those saw a 3-0 count. And I would agree, that is an incredible statistical outlier. Very cool. Yeah, that that is not modern pitching, right? That That you just don't see that today in modern pitching because, I mean, frankly, right? walking people doesn't matter is essentially what the modern philosophy is right like throw harder and maybe you'll get somebody to swing at it they just they don't the game is not played like it used to be um and i won't get into the debate is that good is that bad this that or the other thing i could talk for hours about the game of baseball but that's not the focus of this episode the baseball is still in the lockout um so there's no movement there, so we won't talk about baseball. Instead, we'll talk about something much more pressing, and that is the Cyclone basketball team. They played two games this week, one against number 25, Texas Tech, um, number 25 at the time, Texas Tech, and then the other one was at number 27 at the time, OU. Um, first, the Cyclones won one of the ugliest basketball games I've ever watched. Um, against Texas Tech. Did either of you watch that game? Can you think of an uglier game that you've seen? I did. Um, and really the only thing I think I can compare it to was uh, one time I ended up sitting through an Alabama LSU football game, watching the whole thing. And I think the final score was nine to six. And that really is the only thing that comes to my mind of like horror games that are so ugly to sit through and, Really, that's what it felt like was a 9-6 to football game because there was no offense. It was sloppy. Uh, there were lots of there, – there were quite a few fouls in this game too, and nothing was hitting from any sort of range for either team, really. Yeah, the final score of this game was 51-47. to um, Eight minutes, almost eight minutes into the second half, the score was 26 to 30. Um, yes, Iowa State only scored 30 points in the first 27 minutes of this one before they they caught fire in the last uh, two minutes, really, um, to pull away. They were down by, they were down with 220 to play before they caught fire at the end um, to win. But, you know, that's the way this Iowa State team is going to have to win games. Um, yes, Texas Tech was down a lot of players. Um, they only had seven scholarship players available due to actually to regular injuries. Um, I didn't see any of them that were COVID cases. They were all just regular old injuries had worn down Texas Tech's roster. Um, and, but you don't apologize for winning games in the conference and you don't apologize for being ugly. When you're a defensive team like Iowa State is, that's the way you're going to have to win games. Because you're not going to, this team, especially against good defensive teams like Texas Tech, is not going to score in the 70s regularly. That game against Baylor was an exception 
um, from an offensive standpoint, in my opinion. And the game against Iowa, really, too. Well, Iowa's a really bad defensive team. Like, Iowa is, according to Ken Palm, third in the nation in offense, but 155th in defense. So I'm not that surprised when we score that much against Iowa. But scoring that much against Baylor, who's seventh in the nation in adjusted defense, according to Ken Palm, that's that was more surprising to me. But Texas Tech, don't forget, is fifth in adjusted defense. So they're actually a better defensive team than Baylor is. So... And that Texas Tech beat KU um, later in the week. So this is a good Texas Tech team. Um, you should not apologize for beating them, and you should not apologize for how low you uh, you kept the score. That's, that's what this team needs to do to win games. Um, uh, Isaiah Brockington was good as always. 14 points, 9 rebounds, 3 assists, uh, with only 2 turnovers in 38 minutes. Um... Gabe Kalsher did finally hit a few shots. He was three for nine in this game, but he continued to struggle. Um, and it was Jazz Koontz's energy off the bench, in my opinion, that uh, turned this game in favor of the Cyclones. As Arian and I talked about last week, I would love to see Koontz step into the starting lineup ahead of Gabe Kalsher. And when we look at next game, when we talk about next game, you'll see why. And the next game was a loss at OU, um, where, again, Gabe Kalsher had another not-great game. Um, he only scored four points, two of six shooting. He fouled out, only one rebound. Uh, he turned the ball over at least twice that I can remember, only two times. Um, only one steal, no assists, right? Just continuing to not play well enough to be worth giving him the 25 minutes a game we're giving him. I'd love to see Koontz step into the uh, into the starting lineup. Though he didn't play super well this game, I still think he deserves uh, into the starting lineup. Anyway, back to the actual game. The final was 79-66 OU. I think the game was actually closer than that for most of the game. Um, Iowa State went on a 10-minute score, um, a nearly 10-minute scoring drought. And that's after having a, what, a 10-minute or about an 8- to 9-minute scoring drought against Texas Tech to open up the second half? Yeah, so Iowa State was up, um, let's see here, at the 11-minute mark, Iowa State was up 55-22. to 20, or to 55 to 52. Um, From there, at the 1-minute mark, 125 mark, Iowa State was down at 73-61. to 61. So in that stretch of time, Iowa State only scored six points in that 10-minute stretch. And that's not enough, especially because Iowa State did not play good defense in that stretch. The defense just fell apart down the stretch, um, and the offense wasn't there. And I mean, yes, you don't love to see a team go through these long scoring droughts, but like I said, that's going to happen with this team. This team is not full of scorers. Yes, Brockington is really good. Yes, Tyrese Hunter has a bright future. Yes, occasionally Grill or Jackson or Koontz can get hot and score some points. But this team's got to win on defense. And yes, you can't go play that bad of offense and expect to win regularly. But also, they gave up too many points in that 10-minute stretch, and they were buried by the end, so it didn't matter in crunch time. They just, they just sort of ran out of gas on the end. Again, Oklahoma was number 27, they're now number 26 in the nation. This is not a bad loss by any means. Um, 
like, yeah, you you just you there's not a bad loss. Losing to OU on the road, there are very few places you can lose on the road in this conference, and it'd be a bad loss. Uh, TCU is not great, um, but other than that. Like everyone in this conference is is really quite good, so it's not a bad loss. Um, they dropped to one and two in conference now, um, which is obviously um, you know not where you want to be. But this team still, if they can win eight or nine conference games, they're in the tournament for sure, right, guys? Yeah, I mean that's that's obvious. If you win eight games, I mean you're sitting at thirteen wins right now. If you win eight games in conference, that's seven more wins. You're a 20-win basketball team. Um, it, you're definitely a tournament team at that point. It It is a tough, tough schedule coming up, though. Uh, a Tuesday night uh, date with Kansas and Allen Fieldhouse is up next. Uh, a Kansas team that, as Mike aforementioned, just came off a loss to Texas Tech on the road. And then you turn around and go to another top 25-ranked team in Texas. Uh, and then at West Virginia, which is never easy to play in. So, I mean, this team could could get behind the sticks quite a bit. Um, I mean, i I can see I can see this team. Sorry, West Virginia isn't after Texas. It's again at Texas Tech. So it, which is worse, honestly. Um, so I can see this team possibly being, you know. One in what is that? One in five. One in five, two and four. Yeah. At that point, uh, so it it might be pretty ugly going forward, but this this is just a team that you know if you keep the game at a low scoring game, anything can happen um, with the defense. One thing that I do want to see this this team get better at is I hate the term pushing the issue because that se- sounds like you're becoming out of control and you're not. Uh, doing things coordinate like in a coordinated fashion, but this team needs to attack the basket a little bit more. Uh, one free throw attempt in Big 12 play, I'm sorry, against OU, that's not good enough. I mean, it's not a team that draws fouls often, as Mike and I uh, had talked about prior to recording this episode, but when you go through a scoring drought, what is the best way to get the ball in the hoop? And what is the best way to get your rhythm back? It's shoot free throws. Uh, it's simple as that. If this team can if this team can get 10 points from the free throw line a night, it's not always going to happen, but that helps offensively. I mean, look at it. 66 points this team scored against OU without any points from the free throw line. You're at 76 points right there if you get 10 free throws against OU at the line. This game becomes a whole different story. So this team needs to get to the rack more often. Uh, they need to not shy away from the driving the ball. The one thing is about Tyrese Hunter, Mike touched on it. Yes, he's got a bright future, but he's got a ton of growing up to do in Big 12 play. Uh, he's been a little turnover happy, and one thing that drives me crazy is him driving the baseline or driving to the basket not going up with a shot but jumping up in the air and getting himself into issues where he's either throwing the ball away making an errant pass um, or just not a good pass at all uh, to a teammate to set up a shot so it's just something that we're not used to seeing when we had such game managers in Monte Morris and Tyrese Halliburton but it's all part of the maturation maturation process of Tyrese Hunter as he goes forward. Yeah, and he's just a freshman. He's got the talent. He'll get there. 
But yes, with this team's bad offense, they've got to score from the free throw line. That's what kept them in the game against Baylor, was that they uh, they got to the free throw line and they shot free throws well. Iowa State was uh, twenty one of twenty seven from the free throw line in that game. Without those twenty, you know, even if you just take half of those points away, that game against Baylor is not close. That's how Iowa State is going to have to win. Um, they're either going to have to win like they did against Texas Tech, where the game is just ugly to watch, but it's a win, or they're going to have to get to the free throw line. Those are the only two ways this team is going to win. If you do neither, like against OU, you're going to lose. So that's going to be the way it is. This team can't outshoot people. They just can't. They just won't. They're not talented enough. So drive the ball, get to the free throw line, do something. I don't know. Whatever you need to do, do something. Um, get to the line. Uh, we'll see if they can do that on Tuesday uh, at the Fog against KU. Um, two of your hosts, Kyle and Ariane, will be there rooting for the Cyclones, presumably. Um, so we'll get a full report on that game um, and the game against Texas um, that's coming up um, later this week as well. We'll give you updates on both of those in next week's episode. Well, speaking of giving updates, let's turn our focus to the NFL where week 18 has come to the to come to conclusion, which also coincidentally means that it is the start of the NFL playoffs. Uh, everything has finally been decided. It went down to the wire on Sunday night football uh, between the Raiders and the Chargers, which was one of the most exciting games of the weekend. Um, albeit the the 49ers and the Rams had a had a great matchup too. But going into the game, the Raiders and the Chargers could have just ended in a tie and both teams made the playoffs. Uh, unfortunately, that wasn't the case for the Chargers as the Raiders went on to win that game in overtime after a uh, last second 40 plus yard field goal from Daniel Carlson uh, sends the Raiders into the fifth seed uh, in the AFC playoffs. Um I mentioned the 49ers and the Rams had a great game. Uh, the 49ers sealed it on a walk-off interception in overtime. Uh, it took some late-game heroics from Jimmy Garoppolo as he marched the 49ers all the way down the field to tie the game, uh, scoring a touchdown in the waning seconds of the fourth quarter. And then the Rams couldn't do anything. Well, they couldn't do much on offense, and Matt Stafford threw that interception uh, after the 49ers had scored a field goal, uh, 49ers win that game and make it into the playoffs. It was a win or go home for the Niners uh, since the Saints won. That was the two uh, remaining teams that were um, jostling for positions in the NFC playoffs as well. Uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers sneak in in what might be Ben Roethlisberger's uh, final season not only in a Steelers uniform, but in a uniform at all uh, in the NFL. They beat the Baltimore Ravens in overtime as uh, TJ Watt tied Michael Strahan's NFL record for the most sacks in a single season. Um, There were quite a few records set this year. Obviously, there was an extra week, but what TJ Watt's accomplishment was, he missed two games there uh, in the season, so he really only did that in, uh, what was that? 15 games instead of 17. So good, good record for him there. The Titans uh, locked up the number one seed in the AFC as they uh, survived a late game rally by the Houston Texans. 
and the Indianapolis Colts go from scary Super Bowl potential dark horse with that running attack, um, that great offensive line, Jonathan Taylor uh, pounding the football, to sitting on a couch watching the playoffs from home. I mean, absolute... Uh, the the Colts just blew it all. They lost to the Raiders in Week 17, and then they go and lose to the Jacksonville Jaguars, whose fans dressed up in clown masks uh, to mock their management and uh, coaching staff uh, in Jacksonville. So yeah, the Indianapolis Colts lost to a bunch of clowns, essentially. Jacksonville was trying to hand that number one overall pick to the Lions. It's like, here, you can have it. And then the Lions go out and beat the Packers and give the first-round pick back to Jacksonville. Like, the Vikings will take that first-round pick if you guys don't want it. Like, really, we will. It's okay. Well, the Jaguars want it, so. I don't know if they want it, but they get it. They get it. Isn't that like their third number one overall pick in the last four years or something like that? I think so. I'd have to go back and look, but it's definitely two in a row for them. So, Ever since they lost to Tom Brady in the AFC Championship game with Blake Bortles, they haven't been good. It's all been downhill from there. They sold, they traded everything away. They traded everyone away. That defense that was really good that season, and now they're in full-fledged rebuild, now needing a new head coach. Uh, speaking of head coaches, there was a... Uh, a absolute fury of moves that happened uh, over the weekend as well as Monday morning. Uh, it first started off with the Broncos uh, firing head coach Vic Fangio. Broncos' job is now open. The Minnesota Vikings fired everyone to Mike's uh, appreciation, uh, clearing house, uh, getting rid of the general manager and head coach as well as the Chicago Bears getting rid of their general manager and head coach. And then surprisingly, the Miami Dolphins, uh, after going, what was it, 10-6 and last year and and 9-8 this year, uh, fired um, head coach Brian Flores as well. Um, I thought that was a surprising move because before Brian Flores, they were only winning four games a season, maybe, if even. Um, So... Interesting move there. I think Brian Flores won't stay uh, out of a job for very long. I think he's going to be one of the hot coaching names going forward um, as well. Before we move on to those playoff matchups that I'm sure you're about to tell us about, I want to talk about that Raiders-Chargers game for a minute. So for those of you who don't know, with the way the results ended up from the noon games on Sunday... The Raiders and Chargers, if they tied, they knew this going into the game. If that game ended in a tie, they would both make the playoffs. Otherwise, the winner would be in and the loser would be out. First of all, why is either team why why is either team trying to win there? Like you should just shouldn't they be trying? Shouldn't they just have an agreement before the game that they're just gonna tie? So first of all, that. Second of all, once you get to overtime, really, really, shouldn't you both just be trying to tie? Like, it's right there. You even have the excuse, oh, we tried to tie, it just didn't happen. Sorry, or we, we tried not to tie, and it just didn't happen. No, but then in overtime, you're almost going to tie. And the Chargers go call a timeout when Oakland was most likely, or Las Vegas was about to most likely just kneel and run out the clock and take the tie. Like, the Chargers, all you had to do was tie. 
Just take the pie, you idiot. And they shot themselves in the foot every time. I have no idea why L.A. called that timeout. Like, what What was the point of that? I don't know. Apparently, apparently the coach didn't have the defensive package that he wanted on the field for that third down play. I think it was a third down play, yeah. So he called timeout to get a different defensive package. No, I thought they had just gotten a first down on that uh, Josh Jacobs run. I I guess I don't know the details for sure, but... Either way, way, the coach wanted to get a different defensive package out on the field there, and it's... Okay. It was the wrong defensive package, too, because he put in an extra safety, and then they ran the ball. So it didn't work out. He replaced a linebacker with a safety, and then they ran the ball. So... It just did not work out well for the Chargers. Just take the tie, you idiot. That's that's the moral of this story. Like, what I wanted to see, that whole game could have been four plays. That's what I wanted to see. Like, right? In theory, Wyatt, correct me if I'm wrong, whoever got the kickoff could have just snapped the ball and everyone could have stood there for 15 minutes, and then they could have taken a knee, and that'd be the end of the first quarter. They could do the same thing at the second quarter, third quarter, and fourth quarter. Is that correct? Think the whole game could have been four plays? I don't see why not. Oh, there has to be a kickoff, I guess. I guess, yeah. So the opening kickoff. But other than that, um, if you snap the ball and and just stand there, I mean, yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah, so all you had to do is snap the ball and stand there. Right? Four times. You'd have to stand there for 15 minutes four times. It wouldn't be much fun. But... Everyone could have just stood there. You'd have two kickoffs and four plays of standing around for 15 minutes. And both of you could have gone to the playoffs. I was rooting for it. I think both teams are idiots for not doing it. And the Chargers are bigger idiots for losing when they didn't do it. So, there you go. Sorry, I'm done now. It probably doesn't matter unless you're a Chargers fan. But I was just upset by it. And I'm sure LA fans and whole team and you know, management is regretting it or looking back on it right now, but there's nothing they can do because they'll be sitting at home watching it from their couches or wherever they choose to watch the rest of the AFC, or not AFC playoffs, but the NFL playoffs. Uh, so we'll just run down first with the AFC. The Titans have the number one overall seed, so they get the fir- the bye. Kansas City plays hosts to the Pittsburgh Steelers. That game is on Sunday uh, af- or evening. Um, the Buffalo Bills host the New England Patriots in what will be the third matchup of the year between those two teams. And the Cincinnati Bengals host the Las Vegas Raiders, um, which should be a fun one as well. Should be fun to see Joe Burrow in his first uh, NFL playoff debut. Over in the NFC, the Green Bay Packers locked up the number one overall seed in Week 17. Tampa Bay and Philadelphia uh, play each other. Tampa Bay hosts Philadelphia as the two seed. Dallas, the three seed, hosts the San Francisco 49ers. And we get another AFC West, or sorry, NFC West matchup when the LA Rams host the Arizona Cardinals as well in that game. So... For the 83-11 cast hosts, what are your NFL playoff predictions? What do we want to do? Do we want to do championship games and then uh, Super Bowl champion? Yep, that's normally what we do. Championship game matchup, Super Bowl matchup, and then pick your champion. 
That's usually what we do. Um, Kyle, you want to kick us off? Let's start in the AFC. What is your AFC championship game matchup? AFC championship game matchup. I'm going. I'm going a rematch of last year. Uh, so we're gonna have Chiefs first Bills again. You've got Chiefs, and who do you have winning that game? I have the Bills winning that game this year. So you've got the Bills over the Chiefs in the AFC. Wyatt, what about you? Oh, boo you! I had the exact same prediction. The Bills over the Chiefs. Um, I'm gonna mix it up a little bit, and I've got the Titans over the Chiefs. They're going to get Derrick Henry back. Derrick Henry, since they got the first round by, Derrick Henry will definitely be back um, before the start of the playoffs for them. Um, so, yes, I've got uh, Titans versus Chiefs. Uh, Titans over Chiefs. Kyle, what about in the NFC? I'm going – I just don't think Arizona's healthy enough. Give me a dark horse. Give me the 49ers versus – 49ers versus the Packers. 49ers, Packers, okay. And the Packers are going to win. Um, 49ers, Packers, okay. That is theoretically possible, and the Packers win, okay. Uh, yeah, what about you, Wyatt? So I, 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 yeah, sorry, a little, little unprepared for the NFC. Um, I had to look up the bracket to see what my options even were. Kind of well, sad. So that's the thing, right? The NFL, they don't do a true bracket, right? So the Packers will play the lowest remaining seed, Right? So, like, you can't pick, like, Packers-Eagles in the NFC Championship game. That's not possible. Yeah, I'm glad I looked because my, my gut was going to say Cowboys-49ers, and that's not possible. That's 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 a first-round matchup. Yeah, that's yes, not possible that's, either. That's a not possible. We're going to go Cowboys and um, Tampa Bay. Is that an option? Yeah, so it would be possible these... for the, the Cowboys oh, and Tampa Bay to play. Yes, that's going to be my prediction, and the Cowboys are going to win the NFC. You got Cowboys over Bucks. Um, I'm going to go with Bucks over Rams. I believe in the Rams. I think they're uh, they're gonna they're a good team. Um, I think their their offense is just too good. So I'm going to go with the Ram or the the Bucks over the Rams. Well, hopefully they don't keep shooting themselves in the foot all the time. Yeah, we will see. Though I don't like that that game is on Monday night. The Cardinals-Rams game is on Monday night. I feel like it gives the winner of that game a real disadvantage when it's going to come to the next round, right? I I think scheduling-wise, whoever that game is, they should for sure get the latest window game possible the following weekend. Unless the NFL rules have changed, the higher seed gets input on the day of the playoff game, right? So in in the case of a of right, so if if the the six and seven seed both don't win, that team will be the lower seed in their game, which means the other team will get input on when that game is going to be played, and they'll presumably go for Saturday, right? Because they'll have more rest. And they'll make the opponent play on five days rest. Um, I don't love the. Uh, I hate. Put it, I hate the idea of a Monday playoff game. I'm just going to be. I blunt. do too. I. It's um, I think stupid. it's stupid. Yeah. There is also a Nickelodeon playoff game this year, by the way. Um, you can do that. Hopefully, it's not as bad as a Nickelodeon game from last year. You don't want slime in the end zone. No. Ah. As long as it's not for the what game was that even? It was like the Bears and the Saints. Browns or something. It was Bears the Saints, Saints, I believe. Yeah. Oh man, 
That's a bad game. All right, so Super Bowl champions. I'll go first. I have a Super Bowl matchup of the Bills and the Packers. I hate the Packers, but give me Aaron Rodgers winning his second Super Bowl ring. Kyle's got Packers over Bills in the Super Bowl. Wyatt, what do you got? See, I didn't care about the NFC because the Bills are going all the way, baby. Bills over Cowboys. Bills finally going to not choke a Super Bowl. Um... I've got the Titans. Derrick Henry's too good. This team is too good. I got the Titans. Titans over the box. They beat Brady. Titans over the box. That's what I got. Um, so we'll see if that happens. Um, of course it won't because, you know, we're bad at predictions here on 8311. It's so probably going to end up being the Steelers and the Eagles. And, you know, uh, backup Eagles quarterback beats Ben Roethlisberger throwing for 585 yards in his final NFL game. We will see you. And we'll, of course, fill you in on how Wildcard Weekend went on next week's episode of the 8311 cast. But moving on now to Mike's stupid rules. So we're going we're gonna to circle back to that, that uh, Raiders-Chargers game. So what this um, made me think about is, is it would it be allowed for both teams to agree to tie a game like that? Is there any sportsmanship or competition clause in the NFL rulebook that would prevent that would require teams to have to attempt to win a game. I cannot I looked through the NFL rulebook this afternoon and could not find any such clause in the in the NFL rulebook. Um, I'm not sure that's the best place to look, but that's the only thing that's open that's open and publicly available. Um, but according to the rule book, there is nothing in there that would force the teams to try to win the game. Wyatt, are you aware of any rule that would make um, make a, a situation where they both try to tie against some rule? Uh, not for football rules, no. I feel like if this happened, especially in the NFL where sports betting's a thing, the SEC would have something to say about this. This is the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission, not the Southeastern Conference, of which Georgia is a part of. Um, <laughs> but I do not believe there is a football rule for that, no. Yeah, I couldn't find any either. And frankly, I don't know what how they'd enforce that, right? Like, you have to play. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. so... Yes, they could have done it. Um, now, it might have convinced... The NFL shouldn't have ties anyway, I must just say it. Um, so maybe it would have finally convinced the NFL to get rid of ties. This is why ties shouldn't be a thing in sports. Um, because it can lead to situations like this, where both teams know that a tie is their best for them. And the NFL is lucky this didn't... Lucky it was a great game to watch instead of what I described where there's four plays the entire game. So maybe it'll help us get rid of ties. I'd be on board with that because there is nothing in the rules now that would have prevented those two teams from just taking a tie. See, now moving on to an event where we don't allow ties, and that's our write-that-down predictions. Every prediction is right or wrong. You can't get a tied prediction here on the write-that-down predictions. Um, so our accountability session, we'll get some predictions off the board. We have a little bit longer session because with the end of the NFL regular season, there were a lot of predictions that came off the board um, this week. I predicted that the Vikings would never take more penalties than they did in week one against Cincinnati. That was true. That was their most penalized game of the year. 
So for that, I get a ding, 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 ding. Josh predicted that the Browns would go to the Super Bowl. It's tough to go to the Super Bowl if you don't make the playoffs. So, meh. 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 Kyle predicted that the Chiefs would be a three seed or worse in the playoffs. They are the two seed in the AFC, which is not worse than three. So for that, Kyle gets a meh. Meh. Kyle also predicted that the Pats would win the AFC East. Um, the Bills won it. That's why that Pats-Bills game is going to be in Buffalo and not um, Boston, the Boston area. I'm blanking on the name. Foxborough. Foxborough. That's why it's in Buffalo and not Foxborough. So for that, Kyle gets a meh. 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 I predicted that Mike Zimmer would get fired before the start of next season. He was fired on Monday. So for that, I get a ding 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 Josh predicted that the Lions would win at least one more game. As we talked about previously, they lost their first round pick by beating the Packers on Sunday. So for that, Josh gets a ding 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 And last week, um, shout out to our listeners who caught that and, and reached out to us. I predicted that the SEC would win the playoff. Now, Wyatt and Arian didn't call me on it at the time. So according to our rules, the episode ended and nobody called me on it. So it's a legit prediction on the board. So I am taking it, despite it being guaranteed since both Alabama and Georgia are in the SEC. So ding, 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 ding. Ding, ding, ding. ding. Yeah. yeah, Kyle, I this is like, what happened. I would like to petition the commissioner uh, for... Denied. I'm the commissioner. It's denied. Those are the I rules. Mean, as as a democracy, which has no commissioner, I agree because Ariane and I are both dumb and for some reason thought that Mike was smarter than us and he obviously knew that Georgia was not in the SEC or something. This technically is a legitimate prediction. I mean, I am smarter than you, but not when it comes to football. Eh, I don't know. <laughs> did you did you listen to last week's episode? Because it seems like you know more about the SEC than I do. <laughs> You both knew it. You were just too scared to look dumb by calling me on it that you looked dumb by not calling me it, on it. I, it's not even looking dumb. I just automatically assumed that you were correct. Yeah. It's horrible. Yeah, so I am taking that. Kyle, that's what happens when you're gone for a week. Um, so take that as a warning next time you decide to go on vacation. Mm. Never allowed to go on vacation ever again. Got it. Yeah. Because Wyatt and Arian are not trusted. Yeah, Amen. things go things go downhill without you. All right, um, putting predictions back up on the board. I'm going to get started. I am going to predict um, that the SEC loses the national championship game. Boo! Not allowed. Boo! <laughs> You're not going to let me get away with it twice. No, no, get out of okay. here. Okay, I'm going to put um, some backing behind my uh, NFL prediction. I'm going to say that Tennessee wins the Super Bowl. That's my predict. That's my actual prediction. But Tennessee wins the Super Bowl. Gives them a twelve percent chance according uh, to five thirty. Is this triple? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Wait. What do you yep. say the percentage was? Twelve. Yeah. Yeah. That's a triple. Yep. I'll take a triple. Bomb. Do we have anything from Josh this week? Is he still alive? Yep. He's still alive. Talked to him this weekend. He's doing good. Uh, he has not opened my message asking for a prediction, so we're not going to give him a strikeout yet. Um, but I don't have anything for him now. We'll evaluate his prediction um, off air and get back to y'all. Sounds good. I'm going to write down that the Iowa State men's basketball team finished this year at a greater or equal rank, uh, AP poll rank, to the ISU women's basketball team. Mm. 
interesting. Mm. So for reference, right now, the women are ranked ninth and the men are ranked 15th. The men fell to 15th um, after their one in one week. Um, 11 to 15, if I recall. Yes, that's correct, which is fine. That still seems yeah. reasonable to me. So go beat KU tomorrow and that'll make people happy. Heck, even just split this week. Lose to KU, beat Texas, and you'll probably go up. Anyway, um, boy, what do you think, Kyle? Seem like a double or a triple to you? I don't think it's a home run. I don't think it is. Uh, double, maybe? What were you hoping to get from this one? I was going for a triple on this one. I, I don't think triple. I don't think the men's team is good enough, and I don't think the women's team is poor enough to to the, meet back up again. The, in my opinion, the women's team is better than the men's team relative mm-hmm. to their competition. Um, Absolutely. That's why it's at least a double and not a single. Um, I'm fine giving him a triple for it. I I really don't think it's going to happen. I'm fine giving him a triple, barring Ashley Jones getting hurt for the women. Um, this isn't going to happen, in my opinion. Yeah. Triple it is. All right. Triple it is. What do you got, Kyle? I got that the women's team finishes the year in the AP top 10. So this is going to be pre-NCAA tourney, post-Big 12 tourney. The women teams, so the pre-NCAA, post-Big 12 tournament rankings, they'll be in the top 10. Mm-hmm. It seems like a single or a double to me. What do you think, Wyatt? Yeah, I vibe with that. Um, I mean, would you be mad with a single? Because I feel like this is a single. I are, think this is a single. They have to play Baylor top, twice. But they're a top 10 team right now, and Baylor's ranked... Iowa State is the highest ranked team in the Big 12 right now. Mm. Like, they are ranked higher than Baylor. Baylor is currently ranked 14th, and Texas is ranked 13th. And KSU is ranked 25th, and OU 23rd. And they've already beat OU once. On Pretty the road. Handily. Yeah, on the road, too. I'm vibing with the single. I agree. I'm going with the single on this one. Sorry, Kyle. I don't think there are enough bad loss opportunities on this schedule for them to fall out of the top 10. Or at least have a greater than 50-50 shot of falling out of the top 10, I should say. Since we have added Arian as a host, he also has a prediction this week, I believe. Um, Did you get one from him, Mike? I did. I did. Arian... um, who made this prediction before the start of the national championship game Monday night. He says both teams will lead by double digits at some point in this game. Um, so both teams will lead by at least 10 at one point. That's he a, also has a hunch that Georgia will take the first double digit lead, but he's not making that part of his prediction. That's a lot of points. That's a big point swing. It is a big point swing. Mm-hmm. Like triple territory. That's I'm fine with the triple. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. That just feels right. Yeah, I'm fine with triple. Triple it is. With a single three triples and a pending prediction from Josh, that concludes our Write That Down prediction segment, which means we're at the end of the episode. Thank you so much for listening to episode 158. In the meantime, while you're waiting for our next episode next week, check out our Instagram and Twitter, at 8311cast on both platforms. Signing off for the 8311cast, we have your hosts... Kyle Mersh. Mike Ludwig. And Wyatt Teeter. Talk to you all again next week. Go Cyclones. Go Cyclones. Go Cyclones. Beat KU. Beat Kansas. <laughs>